Hope. Everyone needs some. Welcome to the In All podcast, a production of Mercy Street. These stories are from Hope Dealers in Houston, Texas, and everyday misfits found in the Bible. We hope you find your story in God's story of radical grace. The question I kind of went with was how have my thoughts of God, how have my ideas about God changed over the years? And that really required me to go all the way back to like being born and raised and and things because the first ideas we get about God, the really central important ideas, so many of those come from our parents and I was lucky to have really, really great parents, so um, they instilled in me this image of God that was loving and caring and compassionate and things. But it was interesting because at the same time, this was in rural East Texas and Dodge, Texas, at the same time, I was raised in a community where it was more of a fire and brimstone God, and even the church that I was going to I didn't want to get up early and go to go to Huntsville every Sunday morning to go to church, and they started way early. I just wasn't about that life. So um, I would go to the to the Baptist church down the street, and I would hear fire and brimstone and um, forgiveness, yes, but you know, repent or else. And um, there was a there was a lot of fear surrounding God, even though those same people who did the fire and brimstone stuff and the absolute black and white and you know, no messing about business, even though those same people would, like, give us a load of groceries if we needed it or or donate hand-me-downs so we would have new school clothes and, you know, things like that. So it was a really um, two-sided, I think, version of God that I got as a young kid. And um, another message that I kind of internalized at that time was, that it was my job to smooth things over, to take care of people, to um, to make people comfortable, to make people happy. Um, and that, that was a, a pattern that was really difficult to break because it was always tied to my idea of God and who I needed to be in God. So fast forward a little bit and um, at 11, my dad takes me to the Methodist church, no option this time, takes me to the Methodist church in Huntsville to be confirmed, and um, I just did not trust those people at all, (laughs) because this was an entirely different God I was getting to know. Um, It was going from God is either this or this to there's this beauty and this gray area and this this love that um, needs exploration, and to me, as this kind of budding Baptist, it always felt like, oh, he's just soft Christians and I need to guard my heart and guard my faith, and um, which makes me kind of giggle now, but it was this real mistrust of any vision of God that I had not been given at birth. Um, and that got really complicated because then at 12, 13, 14, I, I started figuring out that I was gay. And... Um, that turned that fire and brimstone faith that I was clinging so hard to into this kind of millstone around my neck, into this kind of, um, I have to carry it with me all the time and I'm not leaving it behind and I'm not, um, I'm not gonna compromise anything in my life to, to address this. I'm, I'm just gonna push it aside and push it aside because the, again, the, 
societal messaging I was getting at that time living where I was living was that, you know, God could be loving or God could be fierce and, um, and angry and jealous, but there is no God that I knew at that point that could love a gay person. And um, that was a really hard place to be. Anytime I was left alone in the house, I was trying to pray away, pray away, pray away, right? Um, so that lasted probably, I don't know, that was, that was almost all of my adolescence right there. And all I saw around me in terms of um, other people who, who were gay was, was like these tragic figures of, you know, the kid who came out and was kicked out of the Christian fellowship in high school and was being taunted by teachers and taunted by students and, or the, the other kid who came out and was sent away from friends and everything to, to be straightened out at a Christian uh, school and um, we never saw them again and, and all of that. So it was really kind of, um, it was heart-wrenching and, and hard to live through. And around the time I was 17, I just, you can't live in fear. You can't live in that heightened state of fear for that long. Your body just won't let you. And around the time I was 17, I just made this decision of like, well, this is, these are the cards I'm, I'm dealt. And if it means that I kind of need to shut that part of my life off entirely, then I need to shut that part of my life off entirely and move on with my life and do the work that God has put me on the earth to do. And so I did that. And then I went off to college and boy, did things change because I, I got to college and I was studying music and um, it was like I could breathe in so many multitudes of ways. It was like I could breathe. I was around people who understood me intellectually. I was around people who were, who were taking the same classes as me and had the same passions as me. And um, within about a few months, within a few months there, I had gotten really connected with my voice teacher. You spend a lot of time with your voice teacher while you're in college because uh, if, you're, if you're studying music um, is an hour a week of just private instruction. And I realized pretty soon that he was also gay, but that he also felt like he had a voice in the family of God, that he also felt like he had a place in a church, a place in a faith life. Like that, those two things weren't incompatible. And that was fascinating to me. So I kind of dove two feet in at a time and, um, you know, face first into this. And I, I went ahead and, and came out and, um, I told him first, I think he was the first one I told after I, after I did it. And he hauled me into his office and he pulled out this giant sack of books. Um, and that sack of books just kind of changed my life because we, we sat and talked about, about how faith and, our lives could mesh and how those, um, those areas of our lives didn't need to be mutually exclusive and one wasn't the enemy of the other. And the books that he brought me were these biblical interpretations that I would never have encountered had I not gone to college, had I not met him, um, that showed me that I could be okay, that I was, I was going to be okay. Um, and that I did have a place in God's family and that I had a place in this whole being of God. 
And that was enormous. That was enormous for me. Because then it felt like everything else was easy. It felt like it felt like I could ask questions. That was another thing, was that when your God is fire and brimstone and will strike you down whenever you screw up, you feel like you can't ask questions without the penalty being death, and that's no way to live. So I finally felt like I could ask questions, and I finally felt like I could ask the really hard questions. I was always asking questions, but I wouldn't ask certain questions because that felt like too far. And... Um, I moved on from there and graduated and, and started working as a music teacher. And since then, it's it's been really interesting. I was church hopping for a while and kind of lost a sense of who I was and gained it back, as you do when you move away for the first time. And when I finally settled down at a couple different churches, when I would stay at a couple different churches, at a few of them, I would come to realize after a few months that there were caveats to me being accepted, that there were caveats to belonging, that there were caveats to whatever it was that drew me to that congregation in the first place. But I was in a different place now. And in, in one point in my life, I would have believed that that was God's will for me, that I needed to stay there and suffer, and that I needed to stay there and listen to all the ways I was wrong and bad. But I wasn't there anymore because... Um, I had learned that I did belong somewhere in there, and I didn't need to be, my belonging didn't need to be conditional. Um, so I eventually found Mercy Street, and here I've been able to ask a ton of questions and challenge authority and challenge God and and get some satisfying answers. Not all questions have answers, of course, but... Um, I've been able to deep, deepen my faith here, and most recently I'm in this course at SMU, this Old Testament interpretation course, and I have this professor who just drops these wisdom pearls every once in a while, and one of them was that we don't apply faith to life because that says that our faith is smaller somehow than our life, like faith is a Band-Aid that we... And so my goal right now is, is looking at how I... I'm applying my faith and it, seeing if I can flip that on its head and apply my life to my faith. And viewing it in that vein has just been um, mind-blowing in a way. And then um, more, more of those faith thoughts that have been bumping around in my head recently is not just that I have a place in this family of God, but that I was created the way I am created to fulfill just as huge a purpose as any other person on this earth, that I, that I could actually use every part of my being to fulfill whatever purpose it is I have here. Um, that that's not like an exceptional part that, that needs to be left out um, or that needs to be accommodated to, you know. Um, so there, there's that, and then, I mean, it's it's just a wild ride. The main thing I think I've gained from just my short life here on Earth is that if you can't question your faith, it's not faith. Um, it becomes just an arbitrary set of beliefs, and if you if you 
can question your faith and parts of it don't stand up to scrutiny, then the cool thing is you get to change it and you get to grow closer to God and you get to become more of who you're supposed to be. But um, I spent a lot of time shutting myself off from anything new or scary or possibly questionable um, because I felt like the faith I was given at birth was exactly the way it was and I couldn't see my way out of that um, but I couldn't exist in the faith I was given at birth. And it, um, it's been nothing short of God working in my life that I have made it out of that. Thanks for listening. If this story inspired you, check out more In All Stories wherever you listen to podcasts. Know someone who needs hope? Share this podcast with them. This podcast is brought to you by Mercy Street, a church community in Houston, Texas. We create a safe harbor of hope and transformation so all may experience the radical grace of God. Go to www.mercystreet.org.